It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies. Streaming takes center stage once again, as it has now been 10 weeks since we have stepped foot in a theater. It takes 10 weeks to harvest Mountain Delight tomatoes. Large red cherry tomatoes also take 10 weeks to harvest. Sorry, I'm so easily distracted these days. What I meant to say is, directors and actors beware, as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes the man who sends me an average of 437 emails a week, Jim. Hey, hello. hey. Hello, hello, Jim. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. All right. This week on the podcast, we have a special edition podcast. It's all horror this week. We have a special guest joining us. All the way from the place that is not always sunny. The agenda looks a little different, yet somewhat the same. Uh, We're going to do some extra special introductions. We're going to do streaming, the lists update, film genre favorites for horror, open rage, rage or dare, followed by shameless plugging and closing with some eerie horror screaming. So... We have on our episode this week, George from The Best Little Horror, and I always get that wrong. Sometimes I say it's The Best Little Horror House in Philly, but it's The Best Little Horror House in Philly. Nicely played. And I've been stalking George for a while on Twitter, so I thought to myself, hey, self, uh, maybe we should find out more about this guy. So we were blessed enough to be able to be on his episode this last week so hopefully i'll check that out and uh after doing a bit of research and stalking of him i figured he wasn't a serial killer that i could tell so i figured you know what why not uh george welcome to the film rage and why don't you tell us some awesome things about you and lots of stuff yeah whatever you feel like saying uh sure hi guys happy to be here let me first say not a serial killer (laughs) no i'm not just saying that i swear (laughs) um (laughs) um, yeah so i'm the host of the best little horror house in philly although we are sex positive so if you want to call me a horror it's not the worst thing in the world i'm on um (laughs) um, basically it's just a fun show that we do where every episode uh, we talk about the best horror movie ever made according to our guest at least so the whole idea is that it's a really personal look at the genre um our guest comes on tells us about their history with the genre sort of what their uh, favorite subgenre within it is um and then we talk about their favorite movie what they think is the best horror movie ever made um and its place in history and why it means so much to them um you know this definitely includes temple stuff like the thing um like it follows but it also includes some like weird little uh japanese vod movies like jew on the grudge 2 um, so nice. it's really, it's always great to hear what makes something stand out to someone and why it's important to someone and not just like, oh, this is good. Because like, obviously we know that a movie like The Thing is good. This is not something that we need to argue about. No surprise. But hearing why, yeah, hearing why it's important to someone and not just the technical aspects of it. Uh, to me, that's what makes the genre so interesting. Cool. And it's not just because a head sprouts legs and crawls across the ground but that's a reason enough i would imagine it doesn't hurt <laughs> <laughs> so tell us tell us a little about about you george what's uh what's been your passion with horror 
And uh, first of all, how did you get into horror and and why why did you decide to do this podcast that you're doing? And and first of all, obviously, thanks for being on ours. But tell us a little bit about George and why why we can prove that you're not potentially a serial killer. Well, so as far as how I got into horror, it's actually um, I've discovered through my podcast that it's a relatively common uh, story where I was exposed to something very young. Uh, in my case, it was the It miniseries, and it just scared the absolute piss out of me. And, you know, it, it starts this kind of weird uh, attraction revulsion with it where you you walk down the movie aisle and you're like, oh man, I can't watch any of these, but I can look at the covers and I can imagine what it's like. <laughs> and, you know, growing up as Wikipedia started getting big, like I literally remember when Wikipedia was getting big and being like, oh, I can use this to look at film synopsis for movies that I'm too scared to actually go see. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, for a long time, I was a cowardly, cowardly little boy. And eventually I got to a point in my film criticism where I was like, I simply cannot be a well-rounded critic uh, while completely ignoring a whole genre. It's just not possible. Yeah. And so I said, I'm going to get to like this damn genre, whether I like it or not. And so I started off slow. I watched, you know, things that are maybe a little cornier or cheesier, depending on how you look at them, but you know, stuff like Friday the 13th, and then I moved up to um, Nightmare on Elm Street, and then Halloween, and then Hellraiser, and then Child's Play. And by the time I was done with these, you know, major franchises, um, I had kind of gotten used to the tropes of horror in a setting where they weren't as scary because of the age that they were from. You know, it, yeah. it's nothing against the movies. I still love a lot of those movies, but they they just because of where filming and technology was, they have a cheesy look to them, (laughs) or at least a dated look. Um, And so using that to get myself used to it, I was able to sort of build up a tolerance that got me used to um, the more modern and scarier stuff. Those two are not necessarily uh, mutually exclusive, but um, basically what it boils down to is that I found myself really loving not only the way that, it was an incredibly varied genre. I think that there is more variety within horror than there is in any other genre. But also, uh, the way that I think horror is a genre that is the only one capable of tackling some of the more important topics in our society. You know, things that are important to marginalized people is they're able to be expressed through horror. Um, I think that some of these more uh, some of the more recent Jordan Peele movies, like Us and and uh, Get Out are perfect examples of sort of um, someone from a marginalized community using this to speak to a way that um, is able to communicate with people of all races and be able to understand a little bit more of where they're coming from. So uh, I just, I love that horror is able to do that. And I'm not sure that that many other genres are able to. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I would agree. Well, my friend, are you ready to jump in? to start to feel the rage absolutely i'm furious all right well we're gonna start with our favorite time which is lay back relax and get ready to feel the streaming streaming motherfucking streaming we're gonna do some streaming rice 
there's no video, but my fingers are doing a sick baseline right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't resist. And your wiener is dancing. Oh, yeah. It's waiting for some pizza delivery. <laughs> All right. Well, this week, we've only got a couple of streamings. Uh, two that could be arguably not be horror, but since we're trying to do some new stuff on streaming, we're... Uh, Decided to see I See You. I was pretty horrified. Yeah, but your face (laughs) is horrifying. So Uh, I See You from 2019. It's streaming on Amazon Prime. And uh, basically, strange occurrences plague a small town detective and his family as he investigates the disappearance of a young boy. So here's my take on this little ditty. Uh, opening music I found super creepy and mechanical sounding, so I loved how layered the music was through the whole beginning, um, ever-changing and, and modifying along with the sound effects. Very mood-setting and atmospheric. The, this lasted throughout the movie. I thought it was one of the best sound um, music effect tie-ins for any horror suspense I've seen in a lot of years. I liked the way that it was it was layered, and the, the sound I thought was probably one of the best things that I liked about this film. I love the rage that the boy had for his mommy, Helen Hunt, uh, and her her uh, fabulous new look that she carries around. I liked uh, the way they momentoed us with the frogging peeps. Uh, at this time, I would like to say I loved the frog mask, I got to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. just winding Bryce up here. Twists and turns. <laughs> We're all done through this film. Not overtly obvious i'd say but with limited cast introductions it was pretty easy to point out who you know who the serial killer was uh before they even came to the reveal i thought it was a nice slow build uh that was an okay finish i liked how they sprinkled little reasons why certain things happened as the way they did um the Uh big only big problem i really had with this film was the was the frog girl when she was in the back of the suv after being transported, you know, people who haven't seen this, obviously we don't like to give a lot of spoilers on Film Rage here, but as she's been transporting, she steps out of the, like there's like a real bad edit or something. It was like there was 20 minutes cut from the movie. She gets out of Thank God. the SUV. Like She gets <laughs> out of the SUV and calls 911. You're like, where the fuck is the guy that took her there? It's like, he's just like, because he wasn't in, she goes wandering around and then walks into the the place um, so that, that was kind of my biggest problem with it. After, after that, you know, uh, after, after all being said, I think, uh, Helen Hunt's, uh, beautiful facelift. I just gave it a meh. I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was terrible. Uh, George, what do you think? Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I, this actually was a recommendation for me. A friend of mine had been like, Hey, you should check out this movie. Um, and I, also think it is meh i definitely did not hate it i thought i did not my biggest complaint about it is sort of the structure um in that it they set it up to be like whoa look at all this crazy stuff that's happening um and then like halfway through the movie maybe not even fully halfway but uh a, a bit of the way into the movie they're like okay we're gonna rewind and we're gonna show you why that was happening everything again and, it was brutal yeah, the first it, time. It, it, it did feel like there was probably a better way to handle that, I will say. Yeah. But yeah, maybe, um, maybe I, picking a storyline and going with it instead of having 47 of them. 
Yeah. But I'll get into that. (laughs) Some of them maybe didn't get as much attention as they should have. But um, I did think it was fun at the end. Like, just all the twists that they were throwing at you. Was it? Um, Were the twists fun? I I thought they were. I thought they were. I'm on Team George here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I thought that they were fun. Um, I will say I found it very distracting, and I thought that the son looked exactly like Brie Larson. Yeah. Um, they had a similar facial structure, and I had just watched uh, Short Term 12, so Brie Larson's face was fresh in my, fa- uh, fresh in my mind, and uh, he, it was distracting. But he <laughs> did a pretty okay job, I thought. I thought the dad was fun that's john tanny i believe um i thought it, yeah so meh it was fine uh, you could certainly do worse on just a random stream i'm not sure that you could well okay well brace let, let us hear your obviously you're raging about this film yeah, it's, it's a piece of crap okay, okay so hit us baby what the heck was this was it a crime story about kidnapped kids yes was it a movie about frogging, which apparently yes. is the act of sneaking into someone's house and living there without the occupant's knowledge? Yes. That could actually be an interesting movie. Was it a story of infidelity and yes. how, it, how it affects the family dynamic? That could also be d- interesting. Unfortunately, it was all these, plus there were, the other, there were a few other subplots and misdirections sprinkled out throughout this pile of excrement. This movie. See, this is where I think the structure is the issue, though, because I think that all of those things could have been explored if no, they hadn't. Not in the cut, same movie. They hadn't given them. In a six hour miniseries, uh, maybe. I don't know. Wouldn't I that have know. been great? Six hour miniseries with <laughs> Alan Hunt? This movie was such a mess <laughs> with its twists and its turns and its misdirections. Plus, we literally had to watch this movie twice. Not all As halfway it. through, we went back yeah. to the beginning, but from a different point of view. This would have been okay if any of this was even the least bit compelling, but it was sun, It was so unfocused that I stopped caring. Apparently, the director stopped caring, too, as he started shooting the flashback from the first-person point of view and then abandoned that idea and shot it standard. So he didn't even care at that point. <laughs> Once again, make a decision and stick with it. That is something that never happened in this movie. There is zero coherent direction. This movie was a monster, and I mean monster rage. I hated it. Awesome. Well, I don't have a rebuttal, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something unprecedented here. All right. And I'm going to switch things up with a counter recommendation. And right. I am going to say that if you are looking for something like uh, I See You, in that you're looking for something about a serial killer who, uh, you know, upsets a small town and it's kind of about the family aspect and dealing with that. I'm going to say that you should check out The Clove Hitch Killer, now streaming on Hulu, starring Dylan McDermott and Charlie Plummer. That movie kicks ass. That's a way better movie. Yeah. So everybody, all our listeners from the U.S. can definitely pick that up. <laughs> us us poor folk up in Canada don't get access to uh, Hulu very easily. But uh, damn. that film is a good recommendation. That's good. And we'll definitely check yeah. it out. But uh, I'm, I, I would just say in, in one thing, I like to be misdirected. 
I, I'm sorry. Mis- misdirected is fine. It's if it's if it's for some reason. Yeah. This this filmmaker just decided. He, you know what? I've got like nine thousand ideas in my head, and I'm just yeah, putting them all the in this reason. movie. And I liked it. And it was awful. <laughs> it made me. No, I every time I thought they were the television. done. <laughs> every time I thought they were done, twisted and turned, and another one came right I up. I know. I loved that. It about was it. horrible. I yeah. loved it. No, Zero I direction. I shouldn't say love. I'll it. be honest. The more the more that you rage against it, the more I am into it. Though. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of feeding off your rage. Anybody listening, do not watch this movie. It's God awful. And I'm going to say it, watch at your own risk. I personally think it was a meh and I liked misdirection. I liked, I liked a few things about it. Everything you said, Bryce, I agree with, but it didn't make me rage. (laughs) It was more about, I'm kind of interested what other fucked up shit they're going to throw in this movie. And just awful. And, and at the core of it, it was a serial killer. And who doesn't like to watch things that serial killers do? Especially yeah, if that was the movie, say, but that wasn't, it, I, it, was, it was seven other stories that none of them got any. It's just, I will no say, I did predict the final, final twist. I did get yes. that one, which did take the wind out a little yes. bit. I was like, this is the most predictable oh, that's, twist. That's what took the wind out of this movie. Yeah, I'm going to oh say that took God. it out for me, too. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like, this is the okay. most predictable one. And you, you put it what? right at the end. I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just got him to a nice, juicy, flaming, rich rage. So... Uh, George, if nothing else, we've done our job today. I did it. Yeah, mission accomplished. All Nicely right. played. All right. Well, let's talk <laughs> about um, something that may also make Bryce rage. But if he did, I would say maybe he's a little crazy because who doesn't love Girls with Balls? Yeah, Girls with Balls 2018 streaming on Netflix. <sighs> <laughs> So, uh, girls' volleyball team bus breaks down in the middle of nowhere, and they end up being hunted. In France. Yeah, I hate dubbed movies to begin with. Give me subtitles every time. Why didn't you watch the subtitles? It had the ability. No, yeah, yeah. I, had, I had a subtitle. Yeah, one. I yeah, read the subtitles fantastic. too. Although I guess in this case it saved me from having to read the absolutely brutal dialogue. I realize the intention with this one. However, the execution was just awful. Um, if you're going to make a horror comedy, it should it should be scary and funny. This was neither. I literally did not even smile, and I sure as heck didn't laugh because nothing was I funny. Wonder, silly I movies. If all the jokes were the same. Silly movies <laughs> yeah, are fine not. if they are fun. This was not fun. Rage. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. You guys go and go gaga over. Oh, it was funny. No, it wasn't. It was terrible. <laughs> okay, well, because you didn't watch the same movie as us, George, what do you think? Because you and I watched the same movie. We watched the actual yeah. French movie with English <laughs> subtitles. George, hit us, baby. Yeah, Um. so I, I genuinely am curious if it was the same jokes because, you know, definitely not every joke was hilarious, but I laughed a handful of times. Um. Here's my big issue with this movie and why I think that it could have been saved if one thing was different. And um, at its core, this was definitely like supposed to be an homage to uh, exploitation and like grindhouse movies. Like, yeah, this is sort of um, supposed to be like a 2018 version of the movie um, Planet Terror. Oh, yeah. Basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah. And, but it looks so clean. It, it's just shot on like a digital camera. It yeah. looks totally normal and sharp lines and everything. And I think that if they had used a film camera and they had dirtied it up a little bit, um, 
I think that that sort of exploitation aura would have come through a lot more instead of feeling at odds with sort of the like indie comedy look look of the movie. Um, so, you know, once I realized what they were doing, I was like, okay, I, I guess I'm kind of into it. But like, the whole, yeah, just the whole look of the movie, I felt like kind of butted up against the spirit of it. Um, and it's not as bad as Bryce makes it sound. And it's not as bad as the reviews on Letterboxd would make it appear. Like, it has like a 1.9 on Letterboxd. Yeah, like, I, that's about right. I was like, I don't think that that is fair to this movie. It's Spot definitely on. not for everyone. No. It's definitely not for everyone. But if you are in to this sort of movie and they are few and far between these days. Yep. Uh, it's, you know, especially ones that are accessible to just your average Joe and Jill. Uh, I would say that you could probably do worse. Maybe not much worse, but you could do worse. And I will give it a soft meh. All right. Perfect. Okay. Well, Bryce, I need you to turn the music down on this for this one because there's going to be some singing involved in my review. <laughs> Uh, so just like Julie I Andrews, think maybe, I think maybe I should turn the music up. Then, no Jim. way. And those listening along can sing along with me if they knew the words. I wish I. <laughs> I kinda, I'm sorry. What did you say? I can't. I can't do my song if you have it too loud. I can't do two things at once. I'm a guy. All right, go ahead. Well, I'm a guy thing. for today anyway. Um, just like Julie Andrews in the mountains with the van trap, little brats. These are a few things, these are a few of my favorite things, and I just want to sing along. And sing along if you know the words. Volleyball, short shorts, and knife sharpening, hillbillies, random strip teases in the hostels with creepers, macho man dance with two gay hillbillies. These are a few of my favorite things. When the dog squirts like a toothpaste, when the headless duck man walks, just remember a few of my favorite things, and then you won't feel so bad. I should have left the music up. No. Wow. First rule of serial killing films set in the mountains is don't fall for homemade road signs. Got every stalker, forest killer, killer stereotype. Ben Kingsley's cousin as the leader. Meat grinder, a Vec foot. Scout camp meetup gone wrong. F- creepy family who look like they eat people. Hint, they do. Not a surprise. Movie felt like The Hills Have Eyes meets Jawbreaker meets Monty Python meets Meatballs. No, that would be good. I, I actually love how they... Um, thought death with volleyballs could save them from multiple times. Uh, And uh, so here's my favorite line from the movie. Let's split up into two groups. You mean two groups of one? Or the other one could be need a spiker, you fuckers? (laughs) (laughs) Craptastic meh. Because I had my fill of ladies who kick ass and punch dicks. And they did manage to have a lot of balls and squeeze a chihuahua like toothpaste. So It's also very short. Yeah. Which does help. Which thank, does help. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, it was a meh. 
I I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Yeah. But I got. I'd like to see I, some creative things. Yeah, well, uh, were, I hear. Here's my creative. question. Okay, what is it? What did you think of the choice to not have the bad guys talk at all? Well, I don't think any of them were actors, so it was probably made it easier for them not to have to say anything. Yeah. I, I thought it was a weird choice, but it worked for me. Like, like three quarters of the way through, I was like, are they really just not going to say anything this whole movie? <laughs> and uh, that's exactly what happened. And <laughs> it's weird. It's a weird choice, but I have to respect it. And I didn't care. <laughs> that much is clear so you're trying to tell me you didn't like when they squeezed the chihuahua like a tooth of to blah, tube of toothpaste no you didn't love that at all no is it because your animal rights in you is hating it they should have done practical effects not with the dog but with like uh it's just well i guess you probably still could have done a practical effect with it but yeah <laughs> um but it like, made it uh, i will say yeah, I, you know, at some point I do get a little tired of CGI blood. Um, CGI blood's the worst. Obviously, this is CGI this is, is the movie. worst. Yeah, it, this is a low budget movie, and uh, at some point, squibs become cost prohibitive. Yeah, uh, and you know, you, I think it would have been worse if they had done some squibs and some CGI. Yeah. So I guess I understand why they did CGI, but I just I feel like there are some technical things that this movie really could have benefited from including better film and uh practical effects and if it had that who knows with this movie it could have been great well i'm sure if it gets any buzz anywhere that we're going to get a remake from the u.s which will help yeah. me to build my uh rage for later no this, no today. buzz no remake this, <laughs> it's never gonna see the light of day again and it shouldn't have seen the light of day in the first place. All right, so we've we've got two rages from Bryce today. He's on a good roll, and we've got uh, two two sets of double math between you and me, George. Oh yeah, great minds think alike. Take right. that, Bryce. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the list this week. Last week on the lists, we had a couple of new names added to the mesmerized list, and one added to the undoubted. This week. Our special guest has a surprise addition. He is going to hopefully get it to the list. Uh, George, I'm just going to give you a little bit of intro on here because uh, last week I had to see just one more movie, um, which Junan, was that what it was called? Junan, yeah. Junan. Uh, now, tell Bryce, just tell us uh, Junan is by the director Paul Thomas Anderson. There you go. So I had to see that and oh, and you did see it? I did get to see it. So it wasn't a mondo. It was a man, but right. I'm going to say that But um, the music was mondo. The music was fantastic. The music, if it was just the music, it would have been a super mondo. I kind of like the little bits in between where it, they just kind of, you know, guys like laying on his back. He's taking a little siesta and they just come yeah, up with a camera. And it was, it was a just a couple questions. It was, it was just real casual and it was just good. It was just pretty rando. Like I know. It was, it was great. Uh, Not George, all, nothing happened. I loved it. George, are you, are you a fan of his, by the way? Um, I ha can't say that I've seen anything. Uh, well, I bet you you've seen some of his stuff. 
But the 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 you bigger question, yeah, John John Un was probably something that is it's pretty it's pretty random. Like you might not have had the oh, opportunity yeah. to to see it. But yeah, no, he's uh, it's Paul Thomas Anderson, man. P.T. Anderson, Magnolia, oh, oh, Punch Drunk Love, um, There Will Be Blood, yeah. Boogie Nights, Inherent Vice. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I I did, I missed the name and I I didn't recognize that uh that movie title. Yes, uh, P.T. Anderson. I love There Will Be Blood. Yep. Uh, I think it is amazing. Absolutely. Uh, I think that The Master is an unsung, incredible, incredible movie. Agreed. Um, I, I think uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, is one of the great actors of our generation. I think that he is the only reason that the Joker movie was even tolerable. Um, oh. and <laughs> <laughs> we could, uh, well, I would agree with you that it was definitely tolerable. Uh, we, we can have a few discussions around the Joker specifically, but, uh, well, yeah, we don't, is, we don't have time today. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else? What else has he done? Uh, he did um, the Phantom Thread, right? I thought that was uh, pretty good. I don't think that it was as amazing as everyone else did, but I did like it. Still. I loved it. Um, yeah, I, I, and I, I respect that. I thought the acting was really great. Um, it, it, it's, I would give it. I would still give it a Mondo, to be honest. I mean, it's just an incredibly well put together film because he's a master of his craft, you know. Yeah. Yep. And so he is now officially going to be on our undoubted list i will update the lists and mazel mazel tov to him and so george <laughs> you think you have someone that can make it to our mesmerized list this week i believe oh uh i absolutely think that <clears throat> um my actor that i am bringing to the mesmerized list <clears throat> whenever he's in a movie it doesn't matter who's actually top billed. It's this actor's movie. And, you know, even when it's a bad movie, even when it's bad because of him, <laughs> it's still something interesting. It's still doing something that you're like, I can't take my eyes off of Nick Cage. Woo! Our boy! Ah, boy. Nicholas Cage, eh? Nicholas Cage. I mean, I love this man. I be, I'll be honest. <clears throat> I think that he's done a ton of great work, not just in the, the stuff that is a, a lot of fun, like Color Out of Space, which so is good. very recent. So good. Which, like, um, like uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which was amazing. Even going back and talking about stuff like um, uh, Moonlight, talking about stuff like National Treasure. Those movies are all great, but then you also take his genuinely well-deserved award-winning acting in stuff like Adaptation and stuff like Leaving Las Vegas. This is a guy who can do it all as long as he has a director who knows how to utilize him. Or Valley and Girl. How could you forget Valley Girl? I haven't seen Valley Girl. <laughs> and, but, and see, this is the thing, though, is that he has such an extensive... It's, he's got um, a crazy I, amount of movies. Right. And so there's always more to dig into. And even when you are watching the crazy stuff like the Vampire's Kiss or Port of Call, New Orleans, uh, Bad Lieutenant, like you're just you can't take your eyes off him. It's a Nick Cage movie through and through anytime he's on the screen. I'm going to play a quick clip here for you.
This is what I'm saying. I don't care. Even if you're like, wow, that sucks. It's terrible acting. There is no way that you're looking away from the screen when he's on it, like doing that. Yeah. Plus, he's in his underwear. So how could you not continue to look plus at he's him? in his underwear? <laughs> <laughs> Dancing around, drinking vodka. Uh... Yeah. All right, Bryce. I'll let you go first. What is it? Is Nick on our mesmerized list? Of course he is. And I got to say, I love him almost as much as I love chocolate and i do love chocolate a lot yeah wow hey there's vegan chocolate you shouldn't talk like that i don't like chocolate you're dumb all right well looks we got two two on the list this week i've got a quick doubt it i want to run down for you two and obviously because we've got our fabulous guest george on with us um he if george doesn't agree that doesn't happen but I'm putting forward a doubted this for this week. A doubted. A doubted. So no matter what he's in, it's gonna be crap. Pretty much. I can't think of a mondo. And Kate, George, just for your for your purposes, we list their last eight movies. And because doubted is a good chance that we haven't seen all these movies, we have a little bit of leeway on putting them on the doubted list because we just can't afford to watch all their movies because they we'd hate them so much. But in this particular case, I'm pretty sure that we're gonna have a, a solid, solid quorum on this all right so i'm gonna list down their movies and if you guys know who it is before i get we might get it off the first one all right rambo last blood sylvester stallone that is who i'm putting forward i didn't see it wow. i'm I, assuming i saw it i'm assuming it's a rage escape plan the extractors we've already talked about that, that was, it's a rage that was awful back trace from 2018 it got 3.7 on imdb and i'm didn't, i haven't seen it didn't see it creed 2 from 2008 is a rage. Escape Plan 2, Hades, is a rage. Correct. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was a meh. Uh, Creed 2015 was a rage. Uh, really? Reach Me 2014 what? is is 4.9 on IMDb, and The Expendables 3 was a rage. Okay, I'm sorry. Creed was a rage? Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Creed 2 was a meh. No and Creed was a mondo. What? You mean you're trying to crazy, tell me we man. can't put him on he the is, list? He's not. He's not doubted. Oh my God, Creed, Creed is. Creed is got, like he got nominated for an Academy Award for it that. It doesn't matter. It it's was good. It's no, basic, Creed, is good. Creed is good. No man. It's Here's the rocky. thing. Here's the thing. I don't think he was that good in Creed. He's not in, good in anything. I think but, that but Creed movie, was a very good movie. Creed was a very good movie. I would concur. I can't watch another boxing movie with him in it. It's just uh, all the way through it. I just wanted to, if I actually had muscles like his, I'd punch, just punch him in the face. <laughs> well, like he comes I mean, on is, screen. This is, this, like, I don't want to take this personally, but I do love Rocky Four. <laughs> <laughs> With well, Drago. It's a good thing I didn't have to talk how much I raged on Rocky Four. I will break oh my you. God. If I can change and you can change, we then can everybody change. can change. Everybody oh, can he, change. He changes the he ends the Cold War he with does. his fist. All by himself. <laughs> it's incredible. So many montages. He chases the chicken. I, I see three of them out there. Hit the one in the middle. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
like, see, you're just, you're just giving me flashbacks to being in it's rage. It's so good. Rage heaven. Well, apparently he's not on the list because we've got a Mondo. Although, I could, Creed was I, could Mondo. I could play the card that I didn't think it was a Mondo. We both have to would think it was a Mondo. That's not the card. But the that, fact that... When, he, when did that be the card? We have, we have to, to agree on everything. We have to agree on whether... Yeah, if you said it's... One Mondo gets him on, gets yeah. him off. All right. That's have, well, you, have you read the rules? <laughs> You're the one that typed them out. <laughs> I'm the one that voted on them. All right. Well, I guess that's apparently it. Sylvester Sloan is not doubted. He's safe for now. Bryce now is you're back, Sly. <laughs> there you go. And and subtitles. And Bryce will be watching the uh, Rom Rambo's Last Blood. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I did. Did you love it? No, it's god awful. Okay. Well, he'll stick to watching him because he's not. It had kind of a confusing ending. He's too, not with him sitting on his porch. I think he might have been dead. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> there's always hope. That's all I can say. All That's right. it for the list this week. Now we are going to talk our favorite horror movies of all time. Ooh, that's kind of creepy. It's a little creepy. I'm feeling the feeling the the joy of horror here. All right, so I'm going to blast through my honorable mentions. I could I could barely get this down to 20 films because and I didn't even get into all my weird These are just most of this stuff is mainstream because I couldn't get outside this box. There's a few surprises. Number 10. Yeah, I struggled. I struggled. Yeah, it's tough, man, especially for horror fans like us. We we just there's so much horror and so much to enjoy about so it. So these are your 10 honorable mentions? And yeah, I'm like and like I was saying, it is—it's so varied that like, yeah. like oh god, I'm leaving stuff out. <laughs> yeah, I, I started with a list of about eighty films, so it was—it was, it was yeah. rough. Yeah, getting it down yeah. to, to this is terrible. All right, let's, let's number have it. 10, 1922's creepiest fucking creature of all time, the vampire that walked the earth. I don't even think the actor wore makeup for this, and it's Nosferatu's 1922. Honorable mention. Oh yeah. Uh, number nine, Martin from 1977, uh, Georgia Romero's steak stab at vampirism. This film still got that bite, George. I love it. I love Martin. Yeah. Uh, the, the Vanishing, the original from 1988 from the Netherlands, also made my foreign, uh, favorite foreign language film list. So there you go. Just see it already for God's sakes, people. Uh, (laughs) Number seven, Silence of the Lambs, 1991. Nice. It, it goes on my list or else it gets the hose again. One of the best book movie adaptations, in my opinion, ever. Uh, Night of the Living Dead, 1968. My boy, George's, and not by bo- our boy, George, who's on the list today. Did I say boy, George? Our boy, George. <laughs> our boy, George. What does Culture uh, Club have to do with this? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Karma Chameleon? Hey, I am a Karma Chameleon, yeah. There so. you go. Uh, it's his first feature, and his present to us all was that he made it uh, without any copyright. He is the nicest man that has ever lived, next to, next to oh. Jesus, of course. Wank, <laughs> wank. Insert foreshadowing here. There is a creepy little fucker in this film who happens to kill their mommy. Number five is The Shining. Kubrick mind fucks us via Stephen King. Room 237 is open for business, babies. And makes the list of one of my favorite subgenres, which is creepy little fucker movies. 
I told you this does, might be a thing. Does nothing for me. I told this might this I told you this might be a thing. So be prepared. Love the shining, but creepy little whatever Fuckers you don't said. do it. Yeah, I, I, uh I don't go for the blue language. Well, you got blue balls <laughs> though, so that counts for something. Uh, number four, Prince of Darkness. John Carpenter gets down with Alice Cooper, and in my opinion, it's the scariest and creepiest film. Number three, The Hunger. Bauhaus, Bowie, and Deneuve nice. in an amazing vampire spin with the best soundtrack and music score in any horror movie, period. The Haunting. High praise. What's that? I said high praise. Yeah. Oh, have you seen? Have you listened to the soundtrack? Have you heard... I have. It's, it's great. It's great. It's really great. Uh, the Haunting from 1963. This black and white gem still makes me jump scare every time I see it. Number one, honorable mention, Rosemary's Baby. Come to Daddy Mia Farrow. Roman Polanski, I'd like to introduce you to the devil before you become a pedophile. <laughs> Please, <laughs> Satan, can I have some more? Oh, not actually in the movie much, but the baby being Satan's kind of makes it a creepy little fucker movie for Satan's baby. Number 10 on my top 10, Train to Busan. Also on my favorite foreign language film list, Sang Ho Yun's fast running action pass flesh eating masterpiece with the cutest little survivor ever to survive a zombie outbreak. She is in a separate category of the CLF group, as I like to say. She's also part <laughs> of a kids in movie, I Don't Want to Punch in the Face because they're not annoying group, which is a pretty short, short list. list. Short, <laughs> short list. Sorry, I missed it. What was the, which movie was that? That is Train to Busan. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, she is not annoying. Yeah, she's not. She's, you just love her. She's just adorable. Yeah. And you don't want to punch her in the face, not even once. No. You just want to hug her up and her, carry her away from those nasty zombies. Yeah, what was number nine? They number, are nine <laughs> number nine is Let the Right One In, Vampires in Sweden, one nice. of my, one of, also on one of my best foreign language films. Succulent, gory, transgendered vamp that's super old, super creepy, and has a pedophile passion in retrospect. That's what I think the movie was really uh, about. Whatever. Addition... It's also part of the creepy little fuckers list. Uh, the Omen, my creepy little oh fuckers my God. list. Wow, came originally from this beauty, and no better creepy little fuck than the devil's son himself, Damien. It's all for you, Damien. It's all for you, Damien. Exactly. This boy knows his Damien's. Uh, number seven, which I happened to watch again last night because I was like, is this going to be one of those ones that, like. I hadn't seen it for so long. Did I, am I going to still enjoy it? And that is from our um, undoubted director on Film Rage's undoubted list, David Cronenberg. Cool. Makes my number seven. Which with, is it? With yes, I will tell you. Get ready. Because I've got a Cronenberg movie on mine. I know what yours is, but you don't know this one is Do you on know mine. what mine is? Yes, it's Dead Ringers. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> this makes my number seven. Yes, yet again with a creepy little fucker list item. Uh, not a th notice. There's a theme here. This movie yeah. is so fucktastically twisted and messed up. Man, I want to live inside David Cronenberg's brain only for a weekend. What is the movie for God's sake? Sorry, John Malkovich. You're not nearly as exciting. And it is The Brood. 
Have you seen that one, George? I have not. This is, uh, I think, the first movie on your list that I have not seen. Oh, no, there was uh, whatever the one from the Netherlands was. I haven't seen either. There you go. There you go. Uh, Dead Alive, number six. Also made my number one favorite comedy of all time. But apparently, it's not as scary as it is funny. (laughs) This PJ film is, in my opinion, the best film and is sure to make the top 19 favorite films of all time. I kick ass for the Lord. <laughs> it it had its moments. It's a great movie. It is a great movie. Number five, The Evil Dead, the original. Tree Rape, Book of the Dead, Raimi Vision, Ghost Demons, Zombies, all rolled into a series of films so brilliant it has spawned generations and multiple reboots, all done well, I might add. Number four, Reanimator, Stuart Gordon. Rest in peace. Nice. Makes something that at the time that it was made i thought could never be done at the time when this film came out make an hp lovecraft story into a film so gory funny and freaktastic it would shock lovecraft himself but he did it and has full frontal male nudity to boot enjoy it for all the right reasons (laughs) number three my horror Fest from a being a child is Jaws, drive-in classic and a film that changed creature features in the whole new level of sub-genre worthy of a whole slew of great directors. Unlike Piranha, directed by Joe Dante, Spielberg scares families out of the water for years to come with this masterpiece of cinema that still makes me not want to swim in the ocean without a harpoon. Number two. William Friedkin directs William Peter Blatty's novel that is touted as being one of the scariest movies ever made. Uh, A cute side note, I got to see this on the 25th anniversary director's cut years ago when I was on my anniversary night with my wife. Two things happened that night. A date friend of of mine, like a friend of mine was dating somebody uh, who was a right-wing Christian Bible thumper came to the movie and left halfway through and it broke up with my friend because of this movie. That's awesome. Thanks, Mr. Freakin, for saving my friend. That's great, yeah. (laughs) And number two, it proved that my wife and I had true love that would last a lifetime, that she would spend our anniversary watching this number two (laughs) on my horror movie list. And she hates horror movies. So as a side note, guess what? There's a creepy little fucker on this movie. (laughs) And the number one of all time is is Dawn of the is oh that's the Exorcist everybody I thought everybody didn't have to didn't have to tell William Friedkin (laughs) directs a William Peter Blatty I know yeah everybody should know you know but (laughs) well if if people don't know those spell it out for people if those two people two people don't bring it together people shouldn't get to know Dawn of the Dead down the Primrose Path that's right. (laughs) Uh, they don't deserve to listen to the horror episode. 1978, director George A. Romero is not only my favorite okay. horror film of all time. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. The crazy mishaps of Fran, Peter, Roger, and Steven. Old friends will stay deadlocked in my brain forever. I just pray that when I go old and senile, that I start to believe in, and that I live in Pittsburgh in a crappy 70s mall until the day I die. And if Tom Savini can ride in on a motorcycle, cut my head off, or disembowel me to finish me off, that would be the perfect death or afterlife. As a side note, 
not a creepy little fuckers movie, but there are zombie versions of them in this movie. And although not what the movie focuses on, there was creepy little fuckers in this movie. Awesome. Albini's pretty buff. He could probably still pull it off. Oh, totally, man. He could ride in on a motorcycle and cut my head off and disembowel me in seconds. All right. He's the man. Georgie, give us your list, right. buddy. George is up. All right. I'll, uh, I'll try and go quick as well here. Um, so I um, start with honorable mentions here. And number 10 for me is A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Cool. Nice. Um, this, I think, is a really awesome update of vampires. Uh, and it's got this really cool... Uh, black and white look to it it kind of calls to mind uh james dean it's very like steamy and kind of soap opery there's lots of like looks of longing um it's just great it looks absolutely beautiful um, and it features a cat in the starring role so there you go <laughs> i like creepy um, little fuckers you like cats there we go hell yeah um number nine this one was really tough for me i struggled between the first one and the fifth one and i settled on the fifth I'm going with final destination five um right. i I love the whole idea of Final Destination. The, just the whole like inescapable uh, Rube yeah. Goldberg machine yeah. uh, death stuff. I think is so fun. And at the uh, spoiler alert for Final Destination Five, it's been out for a while, people. But um, at the end, when they reveal that it was a prequel to the first one, and yeah. they get on the plane from the first one, that was cool. It truly blew my mind. <laughs> Sweet. I was very high and I tr like almost fell the fuck over. <laughs> it was incredible and, and it really stuck with me. So, that, that's an underrated uh, that that's an underrated franchise. It really is. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think so. I think there's only one genuinely bad one uh, and the rest are all various shades of pretty good. Yeah. Um, number eight. This one, I'm, I'm shocked that it's this low on my list, but I'm going to say Hellraiser. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, I love... Um, the whole aesthetic of it, I think, is really great. It's really unique. Chatterer is one of my favorite oh, horror yeah. icons. Um, I, he's just great. And I think that uh, Pinhead is great, too. Pinhead's um, awesome. It definitely has devolved a little bit in recent years. But, you yeah. know, that first one is still pretty uh, unimpeachable. The last opinion. one wasn't bad. Pinhead's still the top in that relationship, I believe. Yeah, and, I agree. And Chatterer's and I definitely also, the bottom. Hey, chat, he's making it work, though. <laughs> and... Uh, and I agree, Bryce, that the last one was not that bad. Um, it was a step up least, from the previous, like, six. <laughs> definitely. And it, it at least felt like a Hellraiser movie. Like, a lot of those other ones, it's very obvious that they, like, bought a script and then turned it into a Hellraiser movie. So Wasn't that, that so right. bizarre? It's like all of a yeah. sudden you've got this movie going on and then Pinhead just shows up. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Hey, dudes. So, this one at least felt like a Hellraiser movie. Yeah. But Sweet. Uh, it... it it's nothing like the original. No. <laughs> so, yep. Good, good um, one. The next, yeah, uh, next one. Uh, 10, 9, 8, 7. We're at 7 now. I did not number these like a fool. <laughs> um, number 7 is The Stepford Wives, the original one. Oh, cool. Wow. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think it's very scary. Um, a lot of these sort of low-key horror movies really get to me. Um, this sort of very... I, I, it's not like a realistic movie in terms of like, hey, <laughs> fucking weird clones or whatever. Um, but it is very realistic in that um, it's not an outlandish, like, monster chasing people around, you know? Um, and, you know, I think that it, it's, it's an interesting look at a topic that still needs to be talked about more in terms of uh, the way that men treat women. And it, uh, it, it's great. 
it's just a great movie, and I have not seen the remake. I hear it's more of a comedy, which is disappointing. Yeah, it's, it's not good. It's not good. Don't do it. I probably won't. <laughs> Number six for me is Cube. Um, oh, wow. I cool. love I love Cube. I think it's so fun. It's a simple concept, and it just speaks to me. I think that I don't think that the acting is particularly great, but I think that it's fine for what it needs to be. Um, it's it. it, it captures a time for me i love the fact that you're Um, putting one of our our canadian icons on your list buddy thanks hell yeah man hell yeah and and i it's you know i'm i try to be really good about being like you are not the things that you like and it's not a personal attack when people don't like something that you like but i have never felt rage like when my buddy jerry was like Cube is stupid and I hate it. And I <laughs> yeah, like I was genuinely I was angry with him. We yes. can't be friends anymore, Jerry. Yes, you should have been. <laughs> did you remind um, him it was Canadian? <laughs> I I it shockingly did not have any effect on him. <laughs> <laughs> but we're so likable up here. <laughs> yeah, I agree, but you know, it, it was shocking and and uh, now he's dead to me. So <laughs> Um, next up is Christine. Um, I nice. love this movie. I think it's so fun. Um, I love a slasher movie, and I love the way that Christine looks. And if you put together a slasher with the way that Christine looks, uh, you have a pretty damn great movie to me. And again, it's sort of this very simple concept that I think uh, works well. You know, this, this is something that I love is when people don't try to do too much; they just perfect what they have as a concept. Simple's um, good, man. And, yeah, simple, simple is good. Keep it simple, stupid. That's what they say. Yeah, kiss, kiss it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up is Alien. Oh, this cool. movie, uh, it's... it's. But you know, just uh, an aside real quick, Jim thinks that it's a comedy. <laughs> no, Look, Aliens I, is a comedy. Alien is not. Oh, a huge Aliens is I would, a comedy. I would agree that it's much more... It's uh, There are definitely comedic Bill aspects. Bill Paxton makes enough, you laugh enough. your ass off. Yeah. Sorry. Well, uh, Sorry for interrupting. This is perhaps my hottest take of all time that I'm going to repeat here for you is I think I love the movie Aliens, but I think that it would be better for everyone if it never existed. I agree. And <laughs> and if if the Alien franchise stopped yep. at Alien. Just died after Alien because Alien was great and the rest... Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to argue, although I love yeah. aliens. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I look aliens. Sometimes you have to make a sacrifice, and in this, yep. in this situation, losing the great, great movie James Cameron's Aliens would be that sacrifice. I'm sorry to say, but uh, I think it's I one think we're all willing to it. make. I think it's all one yeah. we're willing to make. Yeah, not my buddy Joe uh, <laughs> when he got very annoyed at this, but I maintain <laughs> that that is the case. We'll right. support you. You got our. You got your back, buddy. <laughs> Great. Uh, next up is uh, Shin Godzilla. I oh, love, nice. love Godzilla. Nice. Yeah, Godzilla. Um, Godzilla. Absolutely. It's it's so great. I think that on top of, you know, it, this was actually kind of hard for me because I thought about including some of the other, um, the other Godzilla movies that maybe I get more enjoyment out of, but I think that. Shin Godzilla, which I do enjoy the hell out of, um, is the best 
Um, I think that although it does look a little goofy at times on purpose, um, when it when Godzilla finally gets to its final form, it looks grotesque. Um, so you have that plus the fact that it's just a monster movie, which is always fun, and you mix that with something that I am enraged at, which is government incompetence. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and you know it's on full display in Shin Godzilla, and I just think that it's a great time. Also, it's funny as hell. Um, it, it's it's the full combination. It's full package. Godzilla. Yeah, it, it really is. Um. Next up, I'm going to say uh, Deep Red, also known as Profondo Rosso. Nice. Um, I love Giallo movies. I think that Dario, I think that Dario Argento is absolutely incredible. Yep. And uh, honestly, I probably could have put a number of of his movies on here, um, but Deep Red, I just think is so great. I think that um, the score, the theme song for Deep Red, is better than any of the other Goblin scores. Um, oh yeah. Oh, and, no, I know. I fight you on the Dawn of the Dead score you know it's it's really <laughs> great but it's it's, it's no I, I, deep look, red it, i hear you right and, and you know it's it's an embarrassment of riches because they are all wonderful <laughs> yeah but, true enough um but it's great and, and the the fucking doll is so creepy so yeah that's great um and number one on my honorable mentions list is it follows uh this movie oh. is so scary it's like just the the whole idea of this overwhelming presence this thing that will constantly follow you for the rest of your life um i think is really frightening and on top of that the fact that there is a lot of room to dig into with your own theories but it's still left vague enough that even if you come to a different theory than maybe someone else um about what it's supposed to mean it's not necessarily like well you're right and i'm wrong it's just like well this is just our interpretation and i i like that so on to the actual top 10 the top 10 Uh, Uh, I'm going to say David Fincher's Zodiac. Um, I, my actual favorite genre is not horror. It's the genre of people looking at files. And (laughs) if you take the genre of people looking at files and you mix it with a serial killer like Zodiac um, and a guy who is incredible at directing horror scenes like David Fincher, um, Plus, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo. This movie is incredible. It's so, so good. And the scenes where he's in the basement is terrifying. And the scene where when the the guy like does the stabbing and there's no score or anything, it makes it so real. Uh, It's it's just such a great, great movie. And Um, Mr. Potato does know how to pick good movies. That's for sure. That's right. That's right. For those listeners um, who don't know, Mark Ruffalo to me is Mr. Potato. Mark so. Ruffalo is not a potato. He is a potato. But Mark Ruffalo is what? a fine thespian. Who can I agree with that. out of a bag of potatoes. But there we go. That no, I, I love I love Ruffalo. Good but, entry <laughs> on to number ten, George. <laughs> All right. Number nine. I'm gonna say ten Cloverfield Lane. Again, ah. a exemplary defi- uh, de- uh, demonstration of keeping it simple. Um, That's good you movie. put two incredible actors like John Goodman oh, and so Mary Elizabeth Winstead in a room together and you just let them act. And yep. baby, you got a stew going. Yeah. Uh, it's it's incredible. It's so good. Um, I mean, that other guy is in it. <laughs> the other guy. Yeah, whatever he is. But, but really, we all know that this is just John Goodman and Mary Elizabeth Winstead on the absolute top of their game just acting with a capital a yeah nice. so. and and good uh 
it's very rare that you see the sequel is better than the original, right? And this this one yeah, makes absolutely. the original look like dog poop. Uh, totally different. Yeah, well, movie, I have so. my yeah. own issues with the original, just in terms of my distaste for the moving camera stuff. But yeah, yeah. that's a whole other thing. I got, um, I, number- got, I got the old Parkinson's when I'm doing my filming. <laughs> yeah, not not for me. But uh, number eight, The Invitation, uh, Karen Kusama's newish movie, I hmm. thought was really, really incredible. Um, again, it's sort of that realistic horror in terms of like, yeah, sure, I believe people would join a cult and like things would be awkward <laughs> at like a dinner party with your ex. Um, it's the way that they capture that and sort of play with your mind and really get you to go in the shoes of the actors and be like well how long would i stay there if i was in this situation like at what point would i be like this is too weird and i'm out of here um i just think it's really great cool um the next one is psycho i mean good lord y'all there's a reason that it's still around alfred hitchcock is a scumbag but he knows how to make a goddamn movie he does (laughs) he does um, and Psycho, as uh, you know, some might say the progenitor of the slasher genre, which yeah. is my favorite subgenre. Um, it owes a lot to Psycho, to say the least. And I watched it again very recently, and it holds the hell up. Um, it's still great. And you know, I saw something recently that was like, "What black and white movie have you seen the most of?" And it, for me, it's undoubtedly Psycho. Hmm, nice. Um, next up is The Evil Dead 2. Uh, I I love it, man. I love Sam Raimi. I was thinking about this recently in terms of like what director do I think is like the most hits in terms of like percentage uh, for me. And I think that it might be Sam Raimi. Hmm. Um, he's, he's really great. I love, it. you know, it's funny that I was just talking about how I don't like moving camera, but I think that the way that Sam Raimi moves the camera Yes. Um, it does not make me feel sick and uh, and it's great and it's unique and the fact that he has this sort of like he feels like a dude in the backyard still making movies with his friends you know it's like him and Bruce and it's just great I, I love it um, Ramy Vision's awesome yeah absolutely um, next up is Reanimator you know oh, nice. some similarities going on here yeah yeah um, I was I was actually shocked that it took that that long, but you know that's the beauty of horror. Like I said, is that variety, and so many of yours could have been on my list. But Reanimator, I mean, good grief, y'all! It's just incredible. Uh, it, it's so much of it is iconic. Just the the look of the the like the syringes and the cat and oh man, Barbara Crampton is just so good in it. Yes. Um, it's it's just great it's delicious um number three is friday the 13th part two part two part two two, yes it's you know this is it's not the hottest take but a lot of people fall uh in line for part six or part four for me part two is the best you know it's actually jason unlike part one um and he doesn't have his classic look uh but i do love the the bag yeah, the I bag love on the, the head is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's pretty great, and I think that Amy Steele as Jenny is—it's—I think it's the best final girl in any movie. 
Cool. Like, I think that Ginny is the best example of it. Um, you know, nothing against Jamie Lee Curtis. She's incredible in Halloween, but, you know, for my money, it's Amy Steele. Um, next up is John Carpenter's The Thing. Number two. Uh, yeah, you know, there's something about body horror like that that just gets under my skin, man. Um, it, it, it's so good. And the fact that it is all practical and it still looks amazing. Yeah. It's just so easy to love this movie. And, you know, when you go and you listen to the like the commentaries and stuff, and it really just feels like you're hanging out with Kurt Russell and John Carpenter bullshitting like next to you. It's, yeah. it's the best. So much about this movie is amazing. And the fact that it, the critics got it so wrong when it came out is a crime. But... Um, we're all here to set the record straight. That's right. In they 2020. suck. <laughs> um, and finally, uh, my number one pick for horror is The Witch from Robert Eggers. Wow. Uh, yeah. I love this new like art house wave of horror. Um, and I think that The Witch is sort of the alpha and the omega when it comes to it. You know, it, it's it has peaked <laughs> and it's unfortunate that it peaked so early, but yeah. uh, it, it's, it's just so great. I think that Anya Taylor joy is one of the upcoming great scream Queens and horror actors of our generation. Um, I think that it's like her and Samara weaving are like the top two right now. Um, and it, there's so much again to dig into with the witch. And frankly, I kind of like that you have to put in a little effort and actually like translate what they're saying into into like in your head because uh, you know I think people should have to pay attention when they're watching a movie and you Noth- know nothing to, wrong with thinking yeah so <laughs> apparently not for most people you to do that. <laughs> well yeah a lot of people did hate this movie so <laughs> but uh, but I think it's great I think that everyone is great in it not just Anya Taylor Joy but I think that she's great in particular. The um, the actual like score is incredible. The way that it's shot is incredible, and I have a black Philip tattoo that says "Live Deliciously." And there you go. <laughs> that is sweet. And who doesn't love creepy little goats in movies? Yeah, I genuinely hate goats. I think that their eyes are creepy as fuck. Yeah, uh, they have rectangular pupils, which is like the most fucked up thing I can imagine. Satan. And, yeah, it's like no wonder. They were like, yeah, this is this has something to do with Satan. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, good list, buddy. Solid, solid, solid list. list. All right, let's see what Mr. Walking Around wants to put on his list. Give it to us, baby. All right, we'll start with my honorable mentions. Uh, we got Tremors from 1990. <laughs> Kevin Bacon stars in this classic giant monster movie about some nasty underground creatures causing havoc in a sleepy, isolated town. I just had to get a giant monster movie on uh, on my list here. Sweet. Uh, the Battery from 2012. Hmm. Uh, the budget for this one was an estimate was estimated at six thousand dollars. That might be the most impressive use of six grand that I've ever seen. As this <laughs> is my favorite zombie movie ever. And you've bought like expensive blow up dolls, so that's saying something. Exactly. And I've spent a lot of money on them. Uh, zombie or zombie two or zombie flesh eaters from 1979. <laughs> uh, whatever you want to call it, it's it's fine. Uh, definitely my favorite Lucio Fulci movie. Um, yes, real good great. movie. I love that movie. Oh wait, also sorry not to interrupt, but I just realized that I skipped one of my movies. Oh, oh my goodness! I, Go ahead, because I'm just in my honorable mentions. Go for it. 
Oh, great. I, so I, in between the invitation and Psycho was Day of the Dead. I meant to talk about how oh! between the two of us, yeah, yes. we had uh, we had all three of them there. Yeah. So, uh, I, I love that movie. I think Romero is incredible, and I think that the special effects in that are incredible. I mean, I've, I've talked about this movie over and over again, so you know, we, I don't need to get into it more, but I did want to mention it. You're just there giving you me more George. reasons to love you, George. Just more and more reasons. <laughs> there you go. And oh, yeah. uh, it's kind of odd that you did, did that because a very mixed movie on my list is Dawn of the Dead <laughs> from 1978. There we go. <laughs> Zombie, Zombies in a Shopping Mall is presented by Mr. George A. Romero. My favorite Romero film, and that is saying something. Uh, next on my list is... Really? Is this on my list? <laughs> I'm kidding. I love this movie. The Neon Demon, 2016. Oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. I like that movie a lot. Yeah, surreal and disturbing. Director Nicholas Winding Refn uh, takes us on a disturbing tour of the fashion industry. That sounds bad, but it's awesome. It is. Oh, Keanu's great in it, too. Oh, so good. So, so good. All right. And from there, we go to... Dead Ringers, 1988. Oh, what a surprise. Yes, yeah, so this is just on the honorable Wait, mentions. Wait, these are just honorable mentions, okay. Yeah, 1988, Cronenberg's masterpiece starring Jeremy Irons, unsettling tale of twin gynecologists. Uh, then we go to... Which, wait, hold on a second. Yes. Because this is another Canadian icon. Yes. George, have you seen this one? I haven't. It's one of the Cronenbergs I haven't seen yet. Yeah, All right. Although I have, it, I have it downloaded. I just haven't seen it. Yeah, right. well, add the brood on there, too. Yeah, All right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, from there we go to Halloween, 1978. Michael Myers comes home in John Carpenter's classic slasher film. Jamie Lee Curtis stars in the movie that established her as the original Scream Queen. Uh, from, yes. <laughs> from there, ooh, is this on my list? Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's getting old now. <laughs> the Human Centipede oh, first sequence. Wow. 2009. This is number one? No, this is on my honorable mention. No, but is it number one or number two? Yeah, the first sequence, buddy. Oh, okay. Sorry. Open up your ears. Uh, So, yeah, the sheer terror on the faces of the test subjects, as as Dr. Heider describes the procedure that they are about to experience, leaves us with one of the most unforgettable scenes in film history. Yes. It's it's so good. So good. (laughs) All right. uh, From there, Grotesque. 2009. Uh, This Japanese film was banned by the British Board of Film Classification as they felt there was a risk of harm to those viewing it. (laughs) Um, Amputations, eye gouging, sexual sadism, it's all here for your enjoyment. And uh, finally, I'd just like to have a special shout out to the Universal Monster movies from the 1930s. Um, Dracula, Frankenstein, The Mummy, The Invisible Man, The Bride of Frankenstein, and Werewolf of London all get watched by me like every three years or so. Um, There's nothing like the originals. So that's my final uh, shout out for the honorable mentions. Which is your favorite of the monsters? Not necessarily your favorite movie, but which is... uh... My favorite of the monsters will always be Frankenstein. Um, Especially, you know, as... as, uh, as the you know the emotion that that uh, he conveys in those movies with all that makeup yeah. on him is just it's crazy. It um, kind of matches his personality yeah. for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Right? Quiet, nice. silent, but deadly. Yes. <laughs> all right. Um, I love I love the Invisible Man. I, I think that that movie is oh it's fantastic. Great. It's fantastic. But yeah, no, all all those movies, man. Just just 
once you get into the 40s and 50s, they're not quite as good. But those those original <laughs> ones in the 30s, and don't get me wrong, they're all worth watching, and they're all good. Yeah, yeah. They're not the masterpieces of those those movies from the 30s. True that. All right, so here we go. Now is my top 10 horror movies of all time. And it's fitting that I'm ending this because my list is, you know, the one that matters the most. Mm, no. <laughs> Number 10, An American Werewolf in London from 1981. Uh, John Landis uh, balances humor and terror in my favorite werewolf movie. To this day, it is the best werewolf transformation ever filmed. We don't need any stinking CGI. There you go. <laughs> uh, number nine, The Killing of oh. a Sacred Deer from 2017. Mm. Um, psychological terrifying nightmare of a revenge movie. Um, revenge, has revenge has never been so methodical and hypnotic as this. Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman star in this Yorgos Lanthimos film. Uh, really good stuff. Um, yeah, it is. It was yeah. tasty. Number eight, The Silence of the Lambs, 1991. Really good adaptation of the Thomas Harris novel. Uh, Anthony Hopkins' Hannibal Lecter is one of the most mesmerizing characters in the history of cinema. Number seven, and I was surprised this wasn't on your list. Wreck wasn't on your list. Yeah, no, I had to. It didn't make it. It fell off, and it's number seven on my. That's crazy. But yeah. anyways, hey, I'm not saying it's not super. Two thousand seven, uh, Spanish film where a reporter and a cameraman follow the emergency workers into an apartment building where absolute terror ensues. Um, really good stuff. And there was a creepy little fucker in that movie. Just as why yeah, for crying out loud. Number six, Audition from 1999. Ooh. This yeah. is my favorite Takashi Miike movie. Um, it has numerous scenes that will never be forgotten. Uh, <laughs> number five, Saw 2004. Oh, the original. The original. The first Saw was right. a terrific movie. Um, when I watched it the first time, I was genuinely surprised by the reveal at the end. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen to me too often these days. Solid effort from James Wan, uh, especially since this was like his second movie ever. Yeah. All right. Get ready for a episode of the best little horror house. Ah. Little, little sneak peek. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right. So at number four, we have Let the Right One In from 2008. Um, this is my favorite vampire movie. It's beautifully, it's a beautifully made piece of cinema. Um, director Thomas Alfredson gives us an atmospheric, perfectly paced tale that takes its vampire very seriously. Um, love this movie. And there's a reason why we talked about it on George's show. There is. Yeah, go listen to that episode. It's yeah. really good. Yes. So number three, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. Um, Toby Hooper's story of a family of cannibals gives us one of the most horrifying characters ever in the man-child known as Leatherface. Nice. Number two. The Devil's Rejects from 2005. <laughs> uh, uh. The Firefly, Firefly family is on the run from the law in the sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses, which is also brilliant. Unforgettable characters and unforgettable scenes in this second film from Rob Zombie. Otis, Baby, and Captain Spaulding are some of my favorite characters to ever be put on film. It's a classic. I watched it again the other day, and I still love it. Which brings us to the number one horror movie. Please don't put it on. Please don't tell me it's on. Go ahead. Sorry. 
Tell what's on. Tell, just tell us me what number one is. I can't take it. You don't even know what. You, you, whatever you're thinking it is, it's not. Okay, good. What are you thinking it is? Now I'm, I'm curious. Just, I'm just thinking it might be another terrible movie by him. By Rob Zombie? Yes. He's only made two. I thought you were going to say Three from Hell. <laughs> three from Hell is awesome, by the uh, way. Okay, sorry. Let's hear your uh, number one. All right, my number one is red, white, and blue oh. from, from 2010. Nice. Uh, Noah Taylor shines in this one as Nate, a psychopathic former army interrogator. Um, he is one frightening dude if you get on his bad side. This film... I don't think I've even ever heard of it. Oh, you gotta watch it. You gotta it. see it. This film methodically oh morphs into a candidly horrifying experience in its final act. The final few minutes of this movie are truly haunting uncompromising masterpiece of a film. This is my favorite horror movie of all time, and it's not even close. That's awesome. Great list. Holy cow. I can't believe how little overlap there was, and I think that that speaks to just how great horror is. Doesn't it, though? And and none of us are going, oh, my God, other than you guys with Devil's Rejects, which you don't know what you're talking about because it's awesome. (laughs) Well, but yeah, yeah, so many of them could have been on any on yeah, any yeah. list. Like, it feels like yeah, yeah. Other than one of Bryce's, everything he listed was Mondo. All of George's were Mondo, and I consider them all mine Mondo, obviously. But <laughs> great, great list, people, and for everybody listening, check every single one of these movies out because they're very varied and uh, very, very good. And some of them will give you nightmares. Yeah, I, honestly, that would be if you like put all those together, that would be a great list of like how to like a, a top tier horror list. Yeah, to absolutely. People. Spend the weekend. <laughs> all right, from there, we are going to temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Well, it's kind of fitting that our buddy Bryce put a film by Rob Zombie on anywhere on his top of anything. Such a good director. So my rage this week, I just want to talk about the fact that Halloween, the original John Carpenter, uh, was fantastic. The remake by Rob Zombie for Halloween 1 and 2, this horror wannabe is the king of copy. He does not really have an original idea in his head. I love yeah, Rob Zombie's. I love Rob Zombie's music, but as a director, I cannot normally stand him, and he is getting the brunt of my rage today. He steals everything he puts into his movies, and he cannot come up with an original idea if his life depended on it. His blatant ripoff climaxed with two-part pieces of garbage when he remade a perfect film by a perfect director, which never needed to be done in the first place, and then made a part two to drive the stake even further into my raging heart. Thanks, Rob Zombie, for going back and go, but just go back and write music, like, and leave the directing to people no, who have make, original make, ideas make and take a clue from Osgood Jenkins when he uh, made the great... Hansel and Gretel, or Gretel and Hansel, a remake, but made it original and amazing. So I just want to bring out a list of crappy remakes that never should have happened. And on the top of the list, 
uh, thanks to George's uh, note, is the remake of Psycho. The remake by Gus Van Zandt, starring no less than Vince Vaughn, the king of making terrible remakes. Uh, Wreck, which was remade into quarantine. Well, that, that's bad. The Invisible Man, a part of the original monster movies. We've already talked about this today. Uh, we're all great. But the remake that came out last year was probably one of the worst movies ever made. The Wicker Man, directed by Robin Hardy, starring Christopher Lee and Britt Eklund, and then was remade by our buddy Nick Cage and Neil LeBute, was terrible. That was bad. Uh, just, just a couple more that were actually on my list of top tens. Let the Right One In was remade. Terrible. The Vanishing was remade. Terrible. Nosferatu is being made, although it's being remade again, I understand. Uh, all of which were terrible. What now? Hi, Robert Eggers, though that one's gonna be good. Yeah, that's that's I'm hoping because I mean it's Robert Eggers, right? So there's a there's a hope. Yeah. But uh, ones that got it right. This is these are the, this is my list of the ones who there could be a hundred of them, but the ones just off the top of my head. Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead, not yeah, necessarily the same good. movie, but it was great. The Fly by David Cronenberg. It was superior. Completely undoubted. Evil Dead by Sam Raimi, do, redoing Sam Raimi. Uh, John Carpenter remaking The Thing. Uh, and finally, the remake done by uh, Philip Kaufman in 1978 of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which was also amazing. So True. to summate my rage, stop fucking making remakes of movies that are great to begin with. Just put them back out on art house th theaters and let us go back and enjoy a real good movie. Hey, man, Rob Zombie's only human. They put a bag of money in front of him. Okay. Said, All right. Kay. I'll do it. I, I want to just say at this time, no, this man, is another one no. of Bryce's, uh, you know, in his mind, everything's okay because he loves Rob Zombie. If this was any other director, that guy would be fucking lambasted up one no. side, down the other. <laughs> Where's your pocketbook? I think you even had a rage the other week where you talked about, you know, people shouldn't just make things for money. They should do it for actual real art. Rob Zombie Dude, is a I, fine director. Ugh. No, that movie, Halloween and, and Halloween 2 are the only movies that are banned on my show Atta boy. <laughs> because, because I simply cannot muster up the enthusiasm to even fake that it's my favorite movie <laughs> I, Atta boy. If I loathe what Rob Zombie did to that franchise I think the fact that he goes into Michael's childhood is the dumbest thing I've ever heard his actions are so much worse if he has a normal upbringing and then instead, we spend 38 minutes, I literally timed it, 38 minutes and 41 seconds of dealing with fucking Junie from Spy Kids and this <laughs> shitty child actor spitting in the face of the original. And like, even after Michael isn't a kid, they just are, he, like, somebody says to Michael, you haven't said a word for 15 years. Yeah, he fucking knows that. Why would you, like, why would you tell him that? except to communicate it to the audience. Like, the writing is just so bad. And what they do to Lori <laughs> is absolutely, it's offensive to me. <laughs> like, that, like, I... Lori, Lori is, like, this sweet, simple nerd. And then, like, in this remake, instead, she comes downstairs and she makes, like, a graphic sex joke about her teacher molesting her to her mother. And then everyone is mean in that movie which i know is rob zombie's thing and it's fine you know i don't love his movies uh normally but in his own movies i understand that that's his thing so <laughs> i don't care but in this 
Lori is awful. Her friends are awful. Even the children are awful. And Loomis just takes all the responsibility, or Zombie takes all the responsibility away from Loomis because in the original, Loomis is transporting him and lets him escape. But in this one, Loomis is just fucking retired and he's just like, oh, I guess I'll just get called in. And then Michael's not even actually there to kill Lori. Uh, and like, but in this one, he, he, they have no indication that he's there because he's her sister until <laughs> the very end. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's just awful. I fucking hate this movie okay. so bad. All right. And so- the only movie worse than Halloween is Halloween Kill. <laughs> okay. So having said that, <laughs> the movie posters were awesome. <laughs> that's your rebuttal that means nothing it that means, means nothing to me yeah okay so what i the thing i like most about my rage this week is that it, it allows me to pass the baton to george for his and maybe it's yeah. the same rage but george thank you for just <laughs> putting that nail into fucking rob yeah. zombies that was terrible a, a directing rage for me oh, rob zombie's so good <laughs> house of corpses devil's rejects oh so good um, no it is it is not the same rage this week my rage is Cinestate. Um, Cinestate, for those who do not know, is a media conglomerate owned by Dallas Sonier, as well as other people who are invested in it. Um, but you might know them better as the owners of such media pieces as Rebeller, Fangoria, and Birth Movies Death as of a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. And the fact that you know, you know, this is obviously indicative of a bigger issue with social media at large, but um, the fact that they are able to tweet something horribly offensive from Rebeller, you know, not even necessarily this uh, whole hubbub about Joe Bob, which, you know, that could be its whole own conversation. But just today, they had somebody on, or not today, yesterday, They had someone on to be like, actually, uh, both sides were at fault in that lady who called the cops on on that bird watcher. Um, And just they get away with tweeting this stuff. And then people from Fangoria are like, hey, this sucks. And obviously they should be like, that sucks. But the fact that they create this cycle of outrage that all leads to clicks, that all trickles back up to Sinistate, it all supports the same parent company. And so when people are like, I hate Rebeller, uh, I'm going to go only read the stuff on Fangoria because they support the same things that I support. You know, obviously everyone should support the things that I think are important that they should support. And obviously not everyone thinks the same thing. And I'm not necessarily saying that there should only be one monolithic voice. But what I am saying is that I don't think that it's right that a company is able to pretend that they're divested in that way. Um, And I think that the fact that one company is creating this cycle of outrage is something that needs to be talked about um, in terms of, you know, perhaps it's a little cynical of me, but, you know, I, I just think that this is why it's so important to support indie sources and really support the people who are, passionate and working on a ground level and not just, you know, not just the doing man. things for clicks. Yeah, exactly. The so. man. Well, good rage, yeah. buddy. We love to support local and support independent. Hell yeah. Alright, I guess I'm up, eh? Yeah, you angry enough about something? You want to protect your boy? Uh, my boy doesn't need protecting. The proof is in the pudding. Just watch his movies. 
Or don't. And yeah, you don't have to watch Halloween and Halloween 2. I get that was a hiccup, but the rest of them are solid. No. At any rate. Uh, yeah, I'll make mine quick. My rage this week is that there's no new slasher franchise to get excited about. Uh, in 2017, we got Happy Death Day, which was followed by Happy Death Day 2. So it seems that we might have an attempt at starting a slasher franchise. But, uh, you know, time will tell with that. But that's it. Before that, you have to go back to Hatchet from 2006. <gasps> Hatchet. Yeah, both the Hatchet and Happy Death Day movies were a lot of fun. And I need more of that. I've had my fill of ghost stories, haunted houses, possessions, and the like. It is time to produce a movie with a man, preferably in a mask, wielding some sort of sharp device that can cause copious amounts of blood to be spilled. It is time to pile the bodies one on top of the other. And it's time to create a character that I want to see repeatedly in sequel after sequel. Uh, Jason, Michael Myers, Freddy, Leatherface, and Chucky have had the slasher market cornered for a long time. Please, no more remakes of these movies. Give me some fresh blood and give it to me now. That is my rage for the week. Cropsy, can we please bring back the burning? No, let's not bring back Dude, anything. I mean, the it was I hated the first one, but they definitely wanted a franchise. I don't know if you saw Hellfest, but that I yeah. thought that movie sucked. But they were very uh. eager at the end. <laughs> yeah, I gotta agree. For a franchise, I I I'd be hankering for a really good slasher film. That hey, I love slashers. Good. I would eat that shit up. Yeah. When's the last time we've had like, you know, like you go back Friday the 13th and Halloween and, you know, you got like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve 10, 12 parts or yeah. 12 sequels. Here's, That's the way. Yeah. We haven't had anything like that. In forever. Here's the other thing, too, is that I think that Hatchet is pretty good, but it's it also uh, it's also a horror comedy. Like, it's definitely meant yeah. to be over the top. Yeah. Um, I'm I want I, just genuine horror. Yeah, Let's get a genuine I like slasher. Ernest. Yeah, I, I like it to be earnest. You know, there's. Yeah. I understand that. Wait, are you saying Ernest like Ernest goes to camp? <laughs> no, he's Look, not. Jim. I think that Ernest is a delightful man, but also I love when horror is earnest, and I I understand that we're hey. maybe at a time where this is. It's just not possible to have a movie where a guy drinks a potion that makes him invisible and then drives him crazy, like. That really, I think that the new Invisible Man really kind of cemented that. Where I was like, "Damn, we really just can't get like an earnest, weird horror movie like that anymore." <laughs> like it has to be like, "Oh, it's science, and uh, he's just a, a psychopath in, in his own brain." Yeah. Um, so uh, it makes me sad. I agree yeah. with your rage. There you go. <laughs> Maybe Japan will save us, or Korea, if anyone can. It's can Japan hope. and Korea. We can hope. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's try that again. Rage subsiding. Pulse slowing. Anger fading. Oh, I feel so much better now. All that rage out of my system. Oh. George, how are you feeling? So much better. Awesome. I got two rages in for the price of one. You, two did. For, you gave us a two for buddy. One was a little a, misdirected, but but uh, no, it was right on point. I might add right, right, right on point. So ah. rage or dare this. We're going to check out what happened last week on rage or dare. When uh, I had to pull from 
Bryce's hairy lopsided bag to find the brilliant Miss Tiffany Haddish uh, I'm in, sorry, night, who? in in night school. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany our, Haddish our, is so bad. Our doubted Tiffany Haddish. Now, keep in mind, I made a, a little bit of a note here. This might have been the most horrifying movie you watched last week, Jim. So first off, I remember as I was watching this. Oh, wait. Before I, I talk about that, I need you guys all to know how I was able to watch this film. First off, you can't stream this film anywhere in nice. legal sources. <laughs> so I went into every streaming site that's available here in Canada. I also went on to Apple. But guess what? Apple would sell it to me for $20, which Dang. I passed on. Then I spotted, oh, wait, because I canceled Crave because it's shitty. And I said, oh, well, maybe I can just get Craves for 10 bucks." I said, okay, because it looked like it was on Crave. So guess what? I went, beep boop, beep boop, beep boop, 10 bucks. And guess what? Then I went to go click on the fucking movie. And after that, it told me, oh, no, it's not part of that package under Crave. <laughs> it's wow. actually under the HBO package that you have to get under Crave. So not only, did I, spend, not only did I spend $10 for a fucking streaming service that I hate, to have to spend another $10 when I could have, not that I would have bought this movie, but the fact that I had to spend $20 to see this my fucking movie makes me crazy. That's so awesome. Now. That's hilarious. Let's just go back to where I started. Okay. So I started watching this movie and then I realized, guess what? I already started watching this movie before and I got 15 minutes into it before I realized by then that I actually stopped watching it after 15 minutes because of how awful it was. And that's my review of my $20. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. So maybe not enough. Okay. So this is an actual intentional. Uh, you need to realize that when you do um, weird names or that you have autocorrect. So, okay. Tiffany Hadfish. Wow. What an autocorrect. What's the best thing about this movie? And we all know how doubted she is. So here's a simplified breakdown. Dialogue, ugh. Acting, barf. Comedy, no. 40-year-old students, uh-huh. I've never seen so much terrible in a movie I watched in, oh, wait, since the last Kevin Hart movie. And it's safe to say our girl, Tiffany Haddish, is still on our doubted list. Favorite line, and that Cheeto dust will give you that Trump color. Solid gold, Tiffany style, doubted rage. That's perfect. That's it, exactly what I was going for. <laughs> so I'm making, a, I'm making a vow right now. If we pull from one of each other's stinking bags, or if George <laughs> gives us a dare this week, and we cannot get it for under $10, I am not watching it. That's fair. <laughs> I, I have a source for mine already, so okay. you're in luck. $20 <laughs> to watch that movie. That's awesome. You can get an icy hand job from an Edmonton hooker for less than that. And that's my rage <laughs> for this week. Uh, George, so normally on our show, we would actually be able to rage or dare each other. But as you are our lovely guest, we're going to let you dare Bryce and I what we got to see next week, buddy. 
Great. Um, so my original plan was to dare you to watch something that I actually love. It's definitely a bad movie, but it's a lot of fun. And that movie um, is not what I'm going to dare you to watch because instead we started talking on Twitter about the movie Love on a Leash. And boy, <laughs> just think everyone should see it. Um, it's the the story of a woman falling in love with a dog. And it's not a man who turned into a dog. It's just a sentient dog. Um, <laughs> it's just truly bizarre. The version that um, you watch may have music, but I'll tell you that the version I watched did not have music. <laughs> so it's just a completely it makes the silences so delicious. God, it's just <laughs> hilarious. And it's on uh, it's on Tubi right now for free. Oh, nice. So you, can, you can watch it there. And uh, God, you're going to hate it. And I can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> Tune in next week. Tune in next week <laughs> where you'll get to hear us talk about it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, buddy. Thanks, uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, I want to give like an extra special thanks, uh, for George, for, for joining us all the way from the sunniest place, South of Calgary to grace us with your horrific presence, George, you can now plug the shit out of yourself and everything you do. Let's hear it. Well, first off, thanks for having me guys. This was an absolute blast. Um, and I would like to tell you all to listen to the best little horror house in Philly. Um, like I said, we talk about the best horror movie ever made according to our guest. And that means that we talk about a ton of stuff. And so even if it's not a movie that you've seen, uh, you might just find your next favorite. So come on in, check us out. Um, Jim and Bryce were just on an episode, so you can start off with that one. It's a lot of fun. Um, you can find me on Twitter at little horror PHL. Um, you can go to www.littlehorrorphl.com as well. And that, uh, that has the podcast right there. It has links to all the podcast places that it's on. It has the RSS feed. But it also has links to all the social places and uh, merch if you decide that you love the show so much that you want to support it that way. Um, but yeah, just uh, subscribe to us. It's a fun show. Sweet. Well, thanks, Ragers, for listening. Thanks to the extended Film Rage crew of Murray, self-distancing, Leonard Conlon for his artistic vision and photography via Leonard Conlon Photography, and our cartoonist, Vaughn. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at filmrageyyc.com. We are always wanting your feedback. To make this a raging blast for all listeners so please comment often and please make us rage please please thanks again george for joining our team of ragers we look forward to the next time we meet that's it for this week rage on rage on i